Aspiring Headliner with QSC. Today we're welcoming exciting new independent artist Julia Wolf, aka Wolf, onto the podcast, who is one of the first artists we featured in Spotify's Fresh Finds program. Welcome, Julia. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Really good, thank you. And whereabouts are you? I am in Queens, New York. Oh, nice. What's it like there at the moment? Right now, it is pouring rain. Just pouring, yeah. But other than that, pretty good. That's just pretty much how it is here all the time in England. So, you know, I sort of feel at home. You just saying about the rain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So what are you up to today? And what's a typical day like in the life of Julia Wolf at the moment? So in the moment, I mean, even pre-pandemic, I've been doing all my creative work, all of my songwriting here in my bedroom. This is kind of where it all happens. Mm -hmm. So today I need to take some photos, self-timer, or drag my sister into it and uh, do some Photoshop stuff. And then the rest of the day, we'll be working on content for the EP that's coming out very soon. Oh, very exciting. And I know you do loads of the stuff yourself. So you do, like you said, the, like your own photography type things. You've learned Photoshop, haven't you? Video editing. How um, yep. How's that been on that journey, just getting your head around all of that? And is that just one of the perks, do you think, of being an independent artist for you? Yeah, I mean, I started working on my own vision and like creating and learning how to do my own artwork only because I was extremely shy um, in like college and even after I graduated and I just couldn't muster up the courage to ask people for help. So I just went on YouTube and started teaching myself. And now it's great because it's just made me a more self-sufficient person. And if I envision something myself, I can just bring it to life on my own, you know? Mm, Totally. And about being shy, I saw that somewhere else before. So you were really, um, I suppose it's just strange when you compare it to what you're doing now, music, you have to put yourself out there. So for someone that was, is shy or was shy, let's say at school, um, it's kind of crazy. Maybe if you could look back and tell your younger self, um, you know, what you'd be doing one day, right? I know because yeah, in high school, I was so, so afraid of my own shadow. Like I, I couldn't, talk to people. I couldn't make eye contact. I did everything I could to stay under the radar. And now ever since I started putting music out, it really has brought out a whole new side to me for people to see. It's just made me more in touch with my own voice and speaking out about things that I've been through because I realize now that it helps other people when they hear the situations I've gone through and I'll get the DMs and the messages saying like how much it's affected them. And that's like my whole goal with the music now is to just encourage others to really be themselves. Um, Because I didn't have that too much growing up. Like the people that I idolized, the artists that I listened to, never talked about eating lunch alone every day in school. And that's why I try and reiterate that so much. So how have you managed to push yourselves for people that might be shy now listening to you thinking, okay, that's great and all, but how have you done this? I mean, it's really admirable. It's amazing, really, uh, what you've kind of pushed yourself to do. Yeah, in the beginning, it was extremely difficult 
to even post on my Instagram stories, but I just made a choice that the music was more important to me than my own fears of like being open with people. And I just did baby steps little by little. I would kind of, you know, make myself talk a little bit more on the social medias. And when I noticed that people were enjoying it and getting help from it, that's really what started bringing it out of me even more. And now I'm on there posting anything. Like it's, it's so much fun to connect with people. And that's what I was originally so afraid of. So yeah, in the beginning, it was really just me forcing myself and saying like, if I don't do it, someone else will. So I'm the only thing holding me back, you know? Mm, absolutely and I guess the floodgates are open now like you said you're posting all sorts you're on snapchat you're all over it aren't you (laughs) yeah I mean really the beginning is tough it is but I promise once people start doing it it gets easier guys like if you're shy like me I'm the perfect example if I can do it literally anyone can because I was real bad back in the day okay and you said there about the music you're into so what music were you listening to and what inspired you at the time when you first got into writing songs yeah I I mean of course have always been a huge Taylor Swift fan she was my go-to girl um but then as I started getting older like especially senior year of high school into college I really got into rap um, of course, Drake was a big part of that, the Take Care album. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I just really admired how rappers could say so much without melody and like captivate an audience without any sort of catchy riffs or things like that. Um, that's such a staple in pop music. And it, it meant that it was all about the storytelling. The focus was on the lyrics and the cleverness of the bars. And that's what inspired me the most and got me like really focused on writing out lyrics first. So now that's what I do. I just, I always do lyrics first and then everything else comes second. Okay. No, it sounds like you've got a good system there that works for you. And um, looking back then, can you remember what the first piece of music you bought with your own money was? Is it something embarrassing or are you going to have something cool? I reckon it's going to be cool. No, no. I mean, this is when I was really little, but um, Avril Lavigne was my everything. And I would wear ties to school every single day and people would make fun of me, but I, I stayed true because she was such an icon to me. (laughs) Oh my God. Ties as a belt. I used to do that as well. Oh, as a belt? Oh, I, I mean, I was running around my neck because <laughs> that was her thing. So I was like, I'm going for it. I'm doing this. Yeah. Good on you, Avril. Oh, she is. But she's coming back, I think. I know she's got a song out with Modson. It's actually really good called Flames. So if you haven't heard it, she's still she's still good. She's still doing it. Hey, Avril. That's great. <laughs> yeah, with like her. And then I would listen to film scores all the time because I was just strange. <laughs> oh, really? That's different. Which kind of ones are you listening to? I was always in love with the Tim Burton scores. So everything by Danny Elfman, because mm. growing up, my mom would always put that on. And that's really what got me into all of the horror stuff that I'm into now, because I love a good scary movie. Oh my God, same. Yeah. So that's where it started. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen A Quiet Place 2 yet? I guess, is that scary or is it more sci-fi? I, yeah, I don't know if it's, 
I mean, it was kind of scary a little bit, but um, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, no spoilers then. It's definitely worth a watch. There are some bits where I think my soul left my body, um, (gasps) the jump scare moments. (laughs) No way. Okay, I'm here for it. I'm going to check it out. Absolutely. It's so good, honestly. You'll love it. Um, (laughs) um, I love all your videos as well on Instagram. They're probably on um, Snapchat and all sorts for other people if they're not on there when you show, you know, just the real power of all your hard work, you know, how you went from dreaming about making it in music just to getting um, everything done and then eventually getting this billboard on Times Square so I guess let's start with um you took your degree didn't you in songwriting composition so what did that teach you about songwriting what did you learn anything unexpected when you did that course yeah I mean it was such an incredibly modern course to be a part of I'm so grateful for it and the teachers it just taught me that there is no real structure that you need to actually follow you can just do what comes naturally to you. And then the teachers were there to help me shape things and think outside of the box. Um, And I also learned so much production there as well, even though I wasn't taking production classes, that was a huge moment for me because I struggled so much with finding a producer that I was then able to just learn my own stuff and start getting demos put out that way. So yeah, that I vouch for a SUNY purchase forever. That school was amazing. Mm, it sounds like you've learned loads, obviously, uh, from that. And I know you've really hustled as well. So, you know, you've worked, you've interned at a studio, you co-produce all your music. Oh, yeah. So um, are you self-taught a production? I'm guessing yes, if you probably at the time didn't want to ask for help, maybe. <laughs> yes, I really was so afraid to just ask anyone for anything. Um, so yeah, self-taught on production, self-taught on pretty much a lot of things. Um, but what can I say? Yeah. The, the teachers at purchase, they knew that I had some interest in production. So when they could, they would just give me like tips and tricks. Cool. Um, what did you start with when you use production or what are you using now? Are you using the door or do you pass that on to maybe a co-producer now? So I was using logic the entire time. Mm-hmm. And for many years I struggled finding a producer. So It was a very long journey to get to where I am now with Jackson Foote, who currently produces everything that I do. He's done all of my catalog, uh, the upcoming EP. It's just been me and him. So it's been incredible finding him. Now he takes that over. Yeah, and I saw as well, again, from one of your videos about, you know, how you got this billboard on um, Times Square. You had this life-changing open mic night that I guess he saw or saw on your Instagram story when you were singing Ghost. So tell me about that night. You know, how did it change things for you? What happened afterwards? Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I was here in Queens doing open mics about four or five times a week, just trying to do as much as I could. And I was playing my song Ghost on guitar And I just put it on my story. I never had released any music at that point because it wasn't perfect. And I just, I couldn't do it yet. So Jackson saw the story and he was like, hey, what is this? And I sent him the demo and he was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like, please come into the studio like, and let me work on this with you. And I originally turned him down (laughs) because I didn't have enough money to pay for another like mix because I had just did that with someone else. It was 
so horrifically different than how I had sent it to him. I was distraught by that. So anyways, I, I just gave my money to that guy. And I said, Jackson, like, I'm sorry, I can't. And he was like, no, no, like come into the studio. It's free. I'm not going to charge you. You're like, don't be silly. So I went to the studio and literally everything from that moment changed. And I could feel it because in the studio session, like I actually didn't have to say much, which was new because normally everyone was calling me nitpicky for being so um, on top of how the kick sounds, you know, how the bass tone is, like what the riff should be. No one was agreeing with anything I was saying at the time. And when I went in with Jackson, it was like he already knew what I was going to say. Like he just anticipated everything and he would show me two different kick samples and we would both pick the same one. And that was it. Like we would move on. And I left that studio session with the biggest smile. I just, I knew that from that point on, the music could finally exist. And that was all that mattered to me. Amazing. I hate that that was nitpicky as well. That's so easily used against women, I think. It's really dismissive and patronizing, isn't it? So um, how have you learned to sort of trust that gut instinct now then, just ignore when people say that? I mean, I'm guessing um, people could probably accuse Beyonce as someone being nitpicky with her music, but I mean, it's definitely not a bad thing, right? It's it's not because I just, I needed to be a reflection of myself and I'm putting my name behind it. So Mm. it has to be something I'm proud of. And that's what makes it so easy for me to say those things, to be vocal about what I want, because, you know, it's just that important to me. And uh, that is why I never put music out for so long, because I just stayed true to what I believed in and followed the gut instincts, you know. Mm, Absolutely. And then obviously, eventually this billboard in Times Square happened. And you're one of the first artists we featured on their Fresh Rhymes program, which is just amazing. So how did you find out? How did you react when this happened? You found about the billboard and all these opportunities must have been insane. It was so crazy because Spotify themselves had reached out to us asking if we wanted to be a part of this program. And obviously when I found out the news about the billboard and everything, I was just screaming for days. There was no room for anything else. Like I was over the moon excited. I mean, I had been interning at a studio like right outside of Times Square. So every day I would walk through and like look up and see all the billboards. And you just, you never understand like, how people get there, you know, how am I little old me, how am I going to get to something that massive? Mm. And it was because of the people at Spotify that just believed in small indie artists that it was able to happen. It it was such a dream, like truly one of the craziest moments of my entire life. It, yeah, it just must be so surreal. But again, it yeah. does show, you know, how can you get up there? Well, kind of how you've done it. It doesn't mean it's the only route, but it, it just must seem very surreal. I can only imagine. But all the hard work has clearly right. paid off, um, which is amazing. And I know yeah. that Spotify's, um, you know, part of the Fresh Finds program. So they're supposed to sort of help you along the way, give you the tools to sustain a career. So um, what's that been like? What have they helped you with? Yeah, so we actually have done some other 
content together, which will be coming out, I believe, in October. So not sure if I could say too much about that, but they've been just so supportive um, with the playlisting as well, like, and teaching me tools about how to use the Spotify for Artists data and apply it to my Instagram promotions, things like that, Mm -hmm. like taking a look at the demographics of my audience and, you know, trying, my whole goal is to reach these younger girls who especially have grown up the same way I did. And so I'm able to see like who's listening to the music and then kind of tailor everything else around that. So that data has been really helpful. Um, The canvas, Spotify canvas has been so much fun to work with. And like, these are all little tidbits that I learned through their masterclass that they included me in. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited for everyone to see the upcoming content I have with them for sure. Okay, me too. Well, I definitely don't want to get you in trouble with Spotify. I'm sorry, Spotify, if you're (laughs) listening, we love you. Please don't hurt us. It'll be fine. No, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Okay, we look forward to it. And um, um, I was looking into some of your music today and listening to it just before. And as someone who's been accused of having a resting bitch face many, many times throughout my life, it's just my face. And I'm sure you get the same thing as do many, many other women. But I'd love to hear about the inspiration behind the um, the Spotify singles track, um, RBF Part 1 and then RBF Part 2. So I know there's a lot of misogyny out there and unrealistic expectations for women I'm not surprised that the song had to be in two parts because there's a lot out there <laughs> and, um, tell me about these songs yeah so they both represent different aspects of having this resting bitch face part one is more the pros of having it I feel like it's easier to be respected when I look a certain way when I you know put on that face people take me more seriously which is frustrating but that's just how it is um and I feel like the part one you know the pros of it are understanding that being too kind sometimes can have people walking over you taking advantage of you because that used to happen to me all the time growing up so it's just about owning it however (laughs) part two is kind of the alternate side of having resting bitch face where it makes it hard for me to meet new people, uh, specifically guys and dating and just letting people like make their first, yeah, my God, sorry. No, I get what you mean. First impressions. Yeah. It's difficult (laughs) when people think you look unapproachable. Exactly. They make an opinion about me on the spot and because I am shy, it's hard to break that ice with someone when they have already made assumptions about me. So it's just about that struggle. Like when I'm at a party, let's say, and I'm sitting alone in the corner, it's not because I don't like anyone there, which is what I think a lot of people assume it's really because I'm nervous and I, I just don't know how to strike up that conversation with someone. So having that kind of stern look does make it difficult to make new friends, meet new people. And I just, I wanted to voice that 
side of it basically okay well no I love that and I know as well you um you have some of your songs obviously they're in English but you have Italian lyrics of course as well so I'm just curious if you've had anyone tell you it might not be a good idea commercially to release lyrics not in English I don't agree with that at all by the way but I'm just thinking of how the music industry works and I wondered if you just sort of heard that and thought nah I'm good (laughs) Yeah, actually, I've only really gotten positive feedback from it. I think it intrigues people because it is something new to the ear, like when you're listening and then midway through, you know, there's just a random line in Italian. And I've gotten people saying that they went and looked up the lyrics and they love what it means. And it's almost like a, a way to have more interaction kind of. And then it it opens up to a new audience as well. So I have fans from Italy reaching out all the time and that's been incredible to see just even overseas. Like I can still keep in contact with people. Like it's amazing. Mm, Absolutely. And um, you're from Queens, right? I am. Yes. Okay, cool. Nice to know. I grew up on Long Island. Long Island. Yeah. Okay. Um, But I know obviously about your um, Italian heritage because I saw 10 years ago, your dad, was going to move the whole family over there. Was it to open a pizza place? But you just had this feeling, no, we've got to stay and you're going to do something with your music. Oh, I love that. How incredible is that? Father's intuition. Father's intuition. It was insane. That's why we live in Queens now because we sold our Long Island house. Um, I think it was like two Februarys ago. And yeah, at, at the moment, at the time I was livid. I, you know was very down in the dumps. It was years of frustration, not finding anyone to work with and just not being able to put any music out. And I think he saw how honestly depressed I was for that whole stretch of time. And because of it, he just offered this opportunity to move to Italy back to his hometown. And I took it honestly, within minutes of discussion, because it was the first feeling of hope that I had had in a while. And it felt like a new chapter. And I told myself I was going to make it over there, like figure out my music, find my team overseas, because that happens to people. And I thought, why not me? Um, But yeah, then so, so randomly, he just called it off one day, like he just came to my bedroom and he was so dramatic and he was like, I just have this gut feeling we need to stay. And then like two months later, I met Jackson. It was so, so wild. Incredible. But your dad was yeah. relieved as well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was worth Absolutely. it. Yeah. And just like that first studio session, it was such a dream. And when everyone heard the record, I think that's when, you know, my parents like really got on board with the whole staying for music like of course my dad always believed in me but it wasn't until like the music finally came to life that everyone got so excited Mm, okay and I've seen this on Instagram so I hope um I'm allowed to ask you about this I assume so so your girls in purgatory EP that's out on October 7th so um what can we expect from that very exciting do you what do you hope people can learn about you um on your new music what's coming out with that Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. It's the first like real body of work. And so, you know, the name Girls in Purgatory comes from this constant battle of having to choose between doing what's best for myself and then 
taking other people's feelings into consideration. Because a lot of the time when I do what's best for me, I get pinned as the bad guy. And um, each song is just a reflection of a different time I've been in that situation, that kind of purgatory where the road to take really isn't clear. And um, you'll see like in some songs, it's that battle because since I did grow up so shy, it is ingrained in me to make sure everyone else is okay and do what I can not to step on anyone's toes and just like stay under the radar. So it's like that side of me battling this new side of me that has found her own voice and understands how crucial it is to live life for yourself. So yeah, each song is just a little piece of that, uh, stamped in time and like me just trying to figure that out. And I'm hoping people can relate to the situations that I talk about. Okay. Exciting. And do you have any plans to do any kind of touring or live performances or is that not really going ahead sort of where you are in America at the moment? So I do. My first headlining show is going to be October 16th at Mercury Lounge in New York city. And then I'll have another in LA And we're just going to take it from there. But I have been waiting for this day for so long. I can't wait to be face-to-face with the fans and just have everyone in the same room screaming the lyrics. I'm so excited for that. (laughs) Oh, yes, that's on the way. Oh, great. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. No, I can tell you're so excited. And I I know you must have missed that interaction so much with the fans, with the audiences, especially as you've got some new music coming out. So I can only imagine um just what that must feel like so congratulations on you know everything you've done to get to this point all the hard work it just shows people listening you know it's possible keep going follow your instinct um then just keep it up Julia I look forward to seeing um other announcements then that come out yes thank you so much this was amazing okay well thank Um, you so much thanks for joining um have an amazing day and um I'll keep an eye on Spotify and Instagram and everything for all your new music Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Julia. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.